Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or 14 minutes, but it keeps us in God's word and that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to help other people in your life grow in their faith by sharing these studies with them every single day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. Help somebody come closer to God by growing stronger in their faith and maybe even getting to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study. <clears throat> and in this particular study, we're going to get very, very basic in Christian doctrine. We want to ask what does the Bible really say? What does the New Testament really teach on the subject of baptism? When you look out in the quote-unquote Christian world today, and when I use that term in this particular context or frame of reference, we're talking about, we're talking about all of those different religious groups that call themselves Christian. When you look across the, that broad spectrum and a whole lot of it, most of it is denominationalism, I believe we could you know, classify it as, you see different, different things taught, different doctrines of baptism taught. Now, that's, that's not correct. We're not supposed to be teaching different doctrines of Christianity. And about as basic a doctrine as there is as to how we become a Christian through Jesus Christ, is the doctrine of baptism. Baptism is taught repeatedly. It is taught clearly. It is taught straightforward in a straightforward way, repeatedly throughout the New Testament scriptures. So why do you have a lot of churches teaching that baptism is okay to be practiced through some kind of, of, of practice of pouring water over somebody's head? or sprinkling some water on their head, or perhaps dipping a minister's fingers in some water and then rubbing it on the forehead of the individual. And then others teach that baptism is by immersion, total immersion in the water. Now, some of those churches that practice sprinkling or pouring will say, well, it's okay to be practicing sprinkling or pouring or immersion. Either one, whichever one you want is fine. Really? There are three different forms or practices that are called baptism. <clears throat> and then you have a whole lot of churches when it comes to the, the, the subject of baptism will teach that baptism is a good practice. It's something you ought to do it's taught in the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures, but it's not something that you have to do in order to be saved. You don't have to be baptized to be forgiven of your sins. But it's something that you should do, that would be good to do, that you ought to do, because it's taught in the scriptures. Try to figure out that whole line of rigmarole. And there are other churches that teach you need to be baptized because that is the point at which your sins are cleansed by the blood of Christ shed on the cross. 
That is the point at which you come into Christ. That is the point at which you come into salvation in Christ. So you see, churches are all over the place when it comes to the subject of baptism. Well, is it sprinkling? Is it pouring? Or is it immersion? The word baptize in various forms is found 103 times in 75 New Testament verses. Now, just if we looked at 75 different times, it was mentioned 75 five different verses of Scripture in the New Testament in which baptism was a subject within that particular verse of Scripture. That would be impressive. But in a number of those verses of Scripture, it's mentioned more than once. And so it's found actually 103 times in 75 New Testament verses of Scripture. It is also alluded to, alluded to in many others, such as John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, where Jesus told Nicodemus that it, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And when Nicodemus was thinking, well, how in the world is that physically possible? A man who is old and then he enters his mother's womb again? How, how could that possibly take place? And Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Also, Titus chapter 3 and, and verse 5, and a lot of people will miss these allusions to the subject of baptism because, well, maybe they don't really want to see them. They try to explain away baptism. So in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, the apostle Paul wrote, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Well, do you get that? The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit? And then you see something similar in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. And I want to read that as well. Ephesians 5 verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. And that's talking about the church being cleansed by the washing of water by the word. Well, the word, God's word, teaches us about the washing of water, the cleansing of the guilt of our sins through the act of baptism. So it's, it's mentioned 103 times in 75 New Testament verses, and then it's alluded to in many other verses of Scripture. Now, one out of five times, the word is found, in fact, 22 times, it comes from Jesus himself. Jesus himself, 22 times, talks about baptism. Now, any subject within the Scriptures that our Lord and Savior specifically speaks of 22 times. If he said it one time, that would mean it, it's important. That's God's word, obviously. And our Lord is speaking it. But 22 times our Savior, while he was upon this earth, bringing the gospel plan of salvation to mankind, speaks of baptism. 22 times. We ought to pay attention to it. We ought to quit trying to somehow explain it away or jump through hoops to say, well, it's not really that important. 22 times our Savior spoke of baptism. Since it is never found in the Old Testament, it was not part of the old law, 
given to Moses by God, but it belongs to grace and truth which came by Christ Jesus. God sent Christ to bring this to mankind, the way of forgiveness and salvation and redemption through the gospel of Christ. Now, that's significant because grace saves, Ephesians 2 and verse 8, and truth frees, John 8 and verse 32. Now, again, so many people that will focus on Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, and they'll take that as though it's an, an, a one-time-for-all-time statement, and they'll, they'll disconnect it from every other text of Scripture in the New Testament that speaks of forgiveness and salvation. And so by faith we have been saved, or you have been saved, through grace. And that, not of yourselves, not of works, rather, not of works, lest any man should boast, but it is the gift of God. So think about what that says there. So by grace, you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should, lest anyone should boast. So it's not something, forgiveness, salvation, redemption is not something that we can earn ourselves by doing a whole host of extra good works and then obligating God to give it to us because we've earned it. No, that's, that's not it. But when it says, by grace through faith, and then you've got all of these denominational preachers and teachers coming along and saying, see, that it's not by baptism. That does not say it's not by baptism. It says we're saved by God's grace through our faith. Now, what would our faith guide us, motivate us to do before God? It would motivate us and guide us to be obedient to God's teachings. But it is only God who saves us by his grace. But that doesn't mean we don't have any responsibility to respond to God's offer of grace for our salvation. Practically all religious groups in the quote-unquote Christian world, again, all of those different churches, all those different denominations, all those different religious groups that call themselves Christians, virtually every single one of them with maybe just a few exceptions, like the Quakers and Christian scientists, require or at least teach or emphasize some kind of baptism for full membership. Although there is wide variation among the churches regarding different aspects of the doctrine of baptism, the teaching of baptism, all agree that the Bible teaches baptism. It's a part of the teaching and practice of the Christian church as revealed in New Testament scriptures. Now, one variation involves the mode of baptism. That is, how should baptism be performed? Some churches offer more than one kind of baptism, as I said earlier, and they allow candidates to choose whether they want to be sprinkled or poured or immersed in the waters of baptism. Others insist that only immersion is biblically correct. The first appeals to the American appreciation of have it your way. But since truth set us free, John 8, verses 31 and 32, then we need to know, we need to be absolutely sure 
of understanding what the truth of God's word really says. Now, why should we be narrow in that assessment? Because truth is narrow, and God's word is truth, John 17 and verse 17. So let's ask, let's seek, let's knock at God's door. How do we do that? We open up his word, the scriptures. They'll teach us. And let us see what the Bible actually teaches regarding baptism. Regarding baptism. And that when we really look at what the scriptures teach on baptism, that we'll ultimately come to understand exactly what it is, that is, how to baptize and why to baptize, what happens at baptism. Three lines of evidence sustain the validity of this particular prospect as we lay it out. Now we'll look more closely, more specifically next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand exactly what your word teaches about baptism and exactly what our responsibility is toward being baptized. Help us to see, Father, and help us to be open enough to accept that if we have believed it wrong, that we need to change our belief and act accordingly. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.